0: Welcome back to Metal Beer and Bullshit. Grab a beer, grab a seat, and enjoy some metal beer and steaming piles of bullshit. Hey everybody, this is Sean from Metal, Beer, and Bullshit. I'm here with Juan and Big Nose. Uh, today we have a special guest that we talk to. You might know him from All Will Fall, Fragara, Agrophobic Nose Big, Bleed, Pig Destroyer, Colton Long City, and Scour. But we're not actually here to talk to him about his bands. We're here to talk about his business, Jarvis Management and Booking. Uh, everybody, this is John Jarvis.
1: Hey, hey how's it going? Uh,
0: not too bad. Uh, thanks for sitting down with us. Uh, Thank you to get into to do your main business here, it's jarvis management and booking uh yeah how'd you get into the management into the business
1: well it kind of just was thrown into my lap uh and i kind of started booking bands out of necessity as a teenager and then at that point started doing like merchandise for bigger bands and uh for example misery index took me out and Sparky Voiles at the time would give me little pointers on how to tour manage. Basically, uh, you know, and from that point, I started tour managing bands like uh, Cattle and uh, you know you learn different angles of the band, uh, you know, the business, and that's unfortunately what it is. It's you know it's art and uh, but it's also a business. You know, the second you're selling a ticket to a show, you're uh, you know you've become business at that point you know and there's money coming in so it needs to be uh you know managed correctly and uh so someone in the band needs to learn that type of stuff so i was just kind of by default that guy you know and uh so from that point on you know and i didn't want to be a tour manager you know i didn't want to be a booking agent but there's times when i uh i'm in my own bands uh Paying my booking agent more than I made, and I'm thinking to myself, "How is this possible? How did he make it $900 and I'm only making $700?" And you know, and you start learning that part of the business, and then you're like, "Well, shit, why ain't I doing this? You know, I could do it just as well, if not better." You know, keep that money in house. Yeah, and so when we started Scour, it was kind of like, "We're just going to run everything ourselves until." you know we say to ourselves hey we need some help and the way I honestly way I see it and I'll tell this to, to most bands I work with you probably don't need a booking agent most bands they really don't and unless you're doing a hundred shows a year you really don't You you can do it yourself but I am here to help you if you think you need help you know and that's the main thing and you know I just try to do what's best for each band you know and because they're all different they all have different goals but uh yeah it's just kind of started from necessity, and then one night, you know, I was just kind of complaining about, like, I just said, why am I paying so much money to this guy? And I did all the emails, and the, the venue contacted me, and, like, he didn't even do anything, you know, and I started thinking, like, man, I could do this for bands and help them. And But but the, the thing I do that's different is, if that's a situation where, the, uh, for example, if a Death Fest messages me and says, hey, you guys want to play? and I still got to pay out my, my booking agent and even though he had nothing to do with it. That's just the, the agreement we had with our booking agent and that's fine. However, I make a deal with all my bands. If they book shows on their own, they keep all the money. I don't want any percentage of any of the shows they book on their own. And if, some, and if someone hits them up and they want to use me in the, as a middleman to maybe get them a better deal, then I'm there to help in that respect too. So I, I, that's I just kind of learned what I didn't like about having a booking agent and kind of changed you know the way i guess booking most booking agents do things in that respect
0: that's yeah, really cool it's managing from within the you know the scene you know doing it right
1: yeah and it's thats it's always changing man and it's just it's with so many bands and it's, it's all like once again it's all about money to most uh promoters and venue owners you know sadly if you're not going to draw in 50 people. They're really not interested in booking it, you know, and that's why I try to give advice to a lot of my smaller bands. They're like, hey, if you're not booking 50 people in your hometown, you might want to just stick there until you are, you know, and keep building it up until you maybe need to branch out and you have a demand of someone in the next big cities actually saying, hey, we want to bring you there. And that's what you want. You want them to come to you, man, you know, So that, that way you have a little negotiation, uh, you know, power you know
0: <laughs> i mean did you kind of see what you're doing is filling a void that was maybe missing in the
1: industry well for a lot of these bands there is because i mean there must be because every day and just just last night there's a great band for, it's a local band here from baltimore mess and messaged me and i know they're a great band and i know they work hard and it's like they want to go to the next level and could i help them probably you know but it's like I've already been working with 70 bands at this point, it seems like, it's like, it just every day. So there has to be a demand for it. And I see a demand in that, and I see other areas too in the business. Like an example, would be if you got a million dollars, to start a bus company, because it seems like you can't run a tour bus these days because there's so many tours. Like if the, if the Warped Tour decides to come back next year, well, they're gonna need a hundred buses for all these bands and all the staff and all the stage so it's just
0: yeah there definitely seems to be a
1: it's it would be a void you know yeah there is and it's like uh, as far as a booking agent it's like uh, like I said there's you may want one you may think you need one do you I don't know and that's the thing it's just like I'm here to help you either way Uh, because you know for example like I was saying earlier if I was in a band that uh would think needs one, but if you're not if you're not doing that many shows a year, if you're not going out and really touring, you could probably do it all yourself if you've got the know-how. But you know, a lot of people don't have the connections and the know-how, and so that's. You know, I'm just trying to help those type of people. You know, it's basically the gist of it, I guess. That's awesome.
0: uh I mean, you've been kind of kind of touching on and bouncing around but kind of beginning to end and I know it's kind of a broad subject but what's what's involved in managing and booking a band like from kind of start to finish like if I was a new band coming to you I mean is there like a a strategy that you have do you cater it for each individual band or do you have kind of a a blueprint that you use to
1: well that's the thing is there's I wish there was a rule book in the but there's really no rules in rock and roll man and it's and kind of like what I pointed out earlier, every band's different. And they always have different goals. And they, and some bands just don't get it. And they're like, I want to tour with Slayer. I want to be, why ain't I on Slayer's last tour? And it's like, because <laughs> you don't deserve to be on Slayer's last tour, buddy. That's why. And, and, it, and sadly, you could have really good music and great fucking music. And, you know, that doesn't mean much these days, you know. You gotta have, you gotta build some sort of following, and uh, you know, the hype only gets you so far online, you know. So it, it it's just, and I like this band, for instance, the other night when I was talking with them and trying to give them some advice. What do we what should we do next then I'm like, well, I guess start writing songs like disturbed because they had like five number one records in a row. <laughs> you know if you want to be if you want to be a big time, start writing shitty music. I guess that's my advice. I don't know. So there's really there's no answer and no rule books so you just kind of gotta just go with the flow and change with the times and and try to like I said work with each band to what to do what they want. you know if they want to play in Milwaukee, and, you know, I'm going to scout out Milwaukee's local scene and see what the local place to play is for metal, and we're going to try to book you there, you know what I mean? And try to get you uh, the best deal you can get. And that's, uh, you know. Do you, do you find this as fulfilling as playing in the band and recording and, and touring?
0: And do you it's, like-
1: it's, you know, it's better waking up and doing this type of stuff than doing some bullshit job that I don't want to be at. That's just the way I look at it, because... I actually like I don't set an alarm in the morning and I haven't done that in a while and it feels good to just wake up naturally and then roll we'll over and be like, What's my number one priority today? Like if it's I need to record this track for this band or if it's I need to book this goblin tours contracts, I gotta get these contracts signed today. It's always you know, something's at the top of the list and you just kind of slowly go down the list and I would rather do that and help some people out along the way than go fucking work what a chaps pit key flip some uh, flip some burgers and you know but hey, it's yeah it's hot it's free food it's, uh, it does they do have, it's a, yeah, it's a, come work here it's hot you get free food yeah they do <laughs> have perks there So don't get me wrong chaps so, you know but uh yeah you know it's, it's definitely better than working a real job I'll definitely say that so it's not fun and it's not easy it's really a lot of waiting for people to reply to you man it's I wish uh, promoters and know, venue owners would uh, be more responsive and hey, don't be afraid to say no, you know, saying we're not interested. Having no reply is just disrespectful. But yeah, but it happens, you know, it's so it's not fun to do. Yeah, you know, I know
0: even just doing a podcast, wait sometimes people won't get back to you. It's like Christ just, just say no at least, you know.
1: Right, it's, yeah. You know, if you got the time to reach out, you know, at least respond in a somewhat timely manner. And if you're not interested, say, hey, we're not interested. That's not disrespectful to do that. Have you had any instances where you get them late night phone
0: calls at bass players in jail, guitar players in jail? Do you ever have to deal with that kind of shit? Or is that just kind of- luckily
1: that's more of a tour manager situation. Uh, And during my tour management days, there wasn't too many, you know, there's times where I ended up in the hospital (laughs) from getting too crazy. But uh, there was never, like, anything crazy like that yet. You know, uh, luckily, uh, the majority of the people that I work with that are, that are touring are older and more mature. And, uh, like, the Goblin guys, for instance, when they go on tour in November, I don't see them getting too wild and uh, <laughs> causing any problems, you know what I mean? They're, they're kind of hijinks. they older guys, and they're mm-hmm. going to chill out and have a good tour, but they're not going to rage through every city and you know cause problems so I not yet but you never know I'm sure these days with everyone everyone's on camera so something will pop up someday but not yet
0: <laughs> so you, I noticed like going through the list of bands that you, you book at manage I saw that there's a couple overseas bands for, for instance hideous uh ugh, hideous no hideous divinity uh, do you book them overseas as well or just when they are here in the States? It's, they... a, it's
1: another example of what their preference, if they'd rather work with someone over there and it makes more sense and it usually does and they do it. And if they feel like they need my help, that's when I jump in. If they say, hey, we really want to get on Vacan Open Air, will you submit us to Valken? You know, And then I say, no problem. You know, we'll see what we can do. And I, you know, simply mm-hmm. send an email over to Valken Open Air and see if they're into it. Wow. So it's, you know it just it goes to you know i don't really set have contracts or any strict rules like that I, and then most people are like can we sign a contract and it's not like no i don't it's just i'm going to do what you want i'm not going to guarantee you anything you say but you know if you say you want to play slayer's final tour you know i, mean, I can try but I'm, it's probably not going to happen but hey that's what you gave me to do is try you know so so
0: since you kind of brought up about festivals that's another thing uh, like I said like the whole point of this is to, so the fans can hear what goes on behind the scenes I mean there's a lot more to it than just the band shows up plays and leaves and goes to the next town I mean, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes uh, can you touch a little bit like on, on booking a festival like all the work that's involved in doing putting the festival together and managing it and keeping it running smooth and
1: well the ones that I booked back 10 years ago or so all the that were in uh, St. Louis, and they were. I brought some death metal bands to town, uh, and I had like uh, Ana Crucis, I'm you've heard of them. They were on Metal Blade. Yeah, seen them open up Legend. for Overkill and, back in the day. Okay, so good. You, you know who they are. Not too many people do. Well, anyway, I booked them at a you know one of my fests, and I and I'm in like Lavidity and Embalmer and, and like a Putrid Pile and just bands that would never come to St. Louis, and you know, and it was a lot of work to put, in and just a lot of hassle and a lot of money lost and but at the you got to lose a couple years to build up, to, you know, to a bigger to where like a Maryland Death Fest is. Like the first few of Maryland Death Fest, I'm sure they didn't make big bucks or they probably lost their asses, you know. But that's the thing, you got to take it, you know, a risk. And uh, that's the thing, there's a, so much uh, so many things could go wrong. Like, you know, I feel bad for guys like Maryland Death Fest cuz there'll be things out of their control that happen. You know if a band makes a decision to not do uh get their visas properly and it's really you got to actually do your own work too if you're not working fast enough it doesn't you know happen fast enough because I've done this stuff stuff where you get your uh visas you sign off all your paperwork you send it in and then the, the person actually has to go to an embassy themselves like physically go in and get this stuff done and if they don't do that you can't force people to do that you know so if you don't make it into the united and i'm sure you've seen you know sometimes a band just doesn't make it into the country because they didn't do their job and it makes you know everyone's fuck maryland death fest i only bought the ticket to see that one band it's like
0: well it's funny you say that because like the last it was a like bloodbath and Vomitory have yeah, been right. like the last two years that have had visa issues
1: Yeah, it's bound to happen. And of course, it's only getting more difficult, you know, as the days go by to get in and out of the country. I've had problems in the past trying to get into Canada. Luckily, they've let me in, but it wasn't easy every time. It's always a hassle. Hmm. So that's not the easiest border to get into. And I think Vomitory's situation was they were playing a show in Canada and then we're just traveling to Deathfest and they wouldn't let them in, you know? And it's like, fuck, (laughs) you're just doing one show. They're not coming here to to make hundreds of thousands of dollars and, uh, you know, rape and pillage the country. They're going to, it's a legit show. You could, you know, I don't know exactly what went on there, but apparently that's what happened. They got stopped at the Canadian border. I don't know. Yeah.
0: But I think yeah. they got stopped cause they were supposed to do shows out in the West coast to it. They had to cancel. I saw.
1: Yeah. So it's just little things like that. You can't, you know, and you're, and when you when you get, when you book that many bands, someone's bound to get sick, and someone's, you know, dad's going to die, you know, and there's going to be reasons, things that pop up that mean more than music, and you're going to have to cancel, you know, I, I, shit, I booked a band on Death Fest last year, and they had canceled, you know, uh, because they had some illnesses in the band, and they couldn't make it, and it's like, well, I did what you wanted me to do, I got you on the show, you know, it, but you gotta still make it happen you know and unfortunately they couldn't do it you know it just happens life happens and you know and so you're not a nanny then on top of it (laughs) don't know
0: (laughs) try not to be is there any of the bands you want to talk about any any
1: projects you got going on your, your personal bands well yeah we uh actually last night i just had a band practice with drag them down which is a new band out of kentucky and uh new album coming out August 30th and uh, we just pretty much finished the record the other night and uh, should have pre-orders and iTunes Spotify all that good stuff up shortly so got that going on You got uh, Scour of course just played the Death Fest as we mentioned and uh, got the next EP coming out hopefully within the next year we still got a finish up some vocals, We've got to do backing vocals also, and then, uh, then that'll be done, and uh, Goraphobic's writing a new record, so yeah, there's just, you know, keep moving on and keep... Uh, so you don't you don't let any grass grow beneath your feet, do you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got to stay busy, and like I said, I'd rather stay busy in music and something I enjoy, you know, than, than uh, anything else, you know, right. right on. Uh, you guys got anything to add?
0: Mm, nothing, really. you covered a lot of my stuff. I do got to ask this, though. When you do get a phone call from Phil to come play, what's the feeling?
1: Well, you know, it's it's usually the other way around, honestly. Uh, it's just because I just kind of work as our booking agent, so if someone sends an email to uh, to or it comes to me, and... Uh, but uh, when I I mean we've turned down many trust me and I think we've played about 11 shows now uh, but every one of them we never know what's going to happen so it's very interesting because uh, even at the Death Fest we didn't know if we were going to play a Pantera song or not or play three Pantera songs or zero Pantera songs or... yeah,
0: it, it looked like you guys were pulling a couple audibles right there.
1: Well the thing is that we're normally playing about 50 55 minutes and our set was only 45 so first half of the set if there if there's some problems in there and there's minutes lost then you got to start cutting tracks you know what i mean and the thing is everyone in the band's got their own you know opinions and you got to be like you got to make really quick decisions at that point like what gets cut do we cut pantera songs was is the fans gonna like that you know of course not so and we really wanted to do the Bathory cover you know which was awesome right and it's kind of like way to make a quick decision we either do this Bathory cover or we do a couple scour songs and risk no pantera songs so it was either bathry and pantera or two scour songs so i was kind of like all right, let's let's make this. Let's just rip these next two. Let's play Bathory Let's play Pantera. I was hoping at that point we we're actually gonna do two or two and a half Pantera songs. I guess would be the best way to put it. But uh, like I said, you just kind of never know, and you're just kind of the big guy. One, if he fuck, if he said let's do Cowboys from Hell, we're taking over this town. I'd be like, oh shit, you know. Luckily, I know it, you know. So that's what kind of what band practice is like with the guy too. It's like. We'll have a conversation, and uh, he said something about twenty five years. Cause he was, I guess, he was, 50, I don't know. And I played the riff. He's like, "We could do that." And then I just showed the guys the riff, and then next thing you know, we're playing it, and it's the part where it's like, "We're well, fucking you back, fuck," you know? Right. And he's pointing to me and grabbing the mic for me to do the backing vocals, and I'm like, "We're well, fucking you back." Fuck. I'm like, I can't believe I'm singing Pantera songs with Phil Anselmo Jeez. right now. And that wasn't planned, and that you know it's so. It, you just never know what you're gonna get, man. And uh, so, yeah, I hope Phil calls up and says, you know, Carrie King decided he wants, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know I wish you'd call up and say the Scour Boys need to do some more shows. But I think, like I said earlier, you know, you well, gotta email to come come hang out with you guys. Yeah, but yeah, it's like uh, you know, it, it it's it's such an honor. It's hard to put into words, man. That's so. oh, gotta be awesome as a fan. It's just like just total
0: fanboying out and filling someone says let's do a Pantera song. It's gotta be great. It's
1: Yeah, and I mean it honestly it just it, it was it, we didn't plan that out either. The day of our very first concert, the morn that morning we're having coffee. We had band practice two nights before, and I told the band, I said, Hey, just learn a couple Pantera songs just in case he's just then just in case he says, hey, Pantera, and we could play it, you know? And we didn't have the best practices. Let's just say that. <laughs> so at the end of the night, we were more worried about playing our own material than ripping out some Pantera. So it wasn't even brought up. So day of the show, that morning, Phil was like, oh, man, oh, you guys were prepared, man. You were prepared. And I said, yeah, Phil, we were so prepared. We even learned some Pantera songs. And he's like, what? What? Why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, well, because we didn't even get through our own songs, <laughs> you know. So let's focus on our own shit, you know. And he's like, well, you know, maybe a sound check. We'll try it out and see if. And we did a sound check, and it wasn't that great. Like uh, <laughs> I think it was good. I think what happened was our drummer Adam was hitting the hi hat so hard that the cymbals flew off the the uh, stand. And Phil's like, well, something happened with the drums. And I'm like, well, yeah, he was just, he was just hitting it so hard. because He was so excited, I guess, that the, and I've never seen that ever happen.
0: Well, he's a beast of a drummer anyway. Right. We're all he big hits, fans of his as well.
1: He hits extremely hard. But, yeah, I've never seen anyone hit the hi so hard that the hi-hats actually fly off of the stand. So, apparently, that's what happened during the sound check. So, even at at the end of our first show, when we walked off the stage, well, I wasn't sure if we were going to play a Pantera song. And... Derek's got his—he's tiling off, put his guitar in away, and Chase is putting his guitar away. Who was playing with us at the time? And uh, Phil turns around the corner, he's like, "Are we gonna do it, guys?" And I'm like, "Yes, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna get it." And we went back out there, gave the fans what they wanted—you know, some Pantera—and uh, so you just never know. It's—it's it's it. so it's a uh, every day with that guy, you never know what you're gonna get, but it's always fun, man.
0: Yeah, not to take away from the Scour music. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Scour. I love the Scour albums. It's just amazing music. Uh, It's just the dude's just one of the... I've said it before in several, you know, podcasts. The dude's just one of the biggest flag wavers for for metal. Like, and he can do anything. Like, just straight up groove metal, death metal, black metal. Whatever he sets his mind to, he's good at it, you know? Like, him, Danny Loker, and King Foley are like three of the dudes that in this scene, I think, have pushed it forward harder than just about anybody
1: yeah and I mean and he's always, of course always gave other bands you know a platform just by wearing a t-shirt I mean how many times have you seen him wear a shirt and you're like I gotta check that band out you know yeah and uh, that's how I discovered this charge <laughs> well exactly I mean it's how I I learned from, of the Deftones because of Pantera you know because they opened up for Pantera yeah. you know I Hate God same tour I wouldn't have known who I Hate God was without Pantera you know and that's all things to Phil you know and that's the thing. He's he's still got his ear to the underground, man. He's he never sold out, and, and I think his back catalog shows that there's there's more quality than uh, than the uh, majority of his peers. So, yeah, for and, sure. and I think he's honestly sounding live better than he has in years because he's just he's you know the, quitting the drinking was probably the best thing he's done. And uh, I just watched that Pantera set they did the other night with the illegals, and uh, I honestly think he sounded better than the last time I saw him with Pantera because he was kind of mumbling through this love, you know, ooh, you know, ooh, ooh. he wasn't singing it; he was drunk and mumbling it, you know what I mean? But he's actually singing it and adding little accent. I mean, I was impressed, and I, you know, I'm, I'm pumped for the guy. I can't wait for him to get back out there with Slayer, you know, this year rip those Pantera sets man that's exciting it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome yeah I was surprised when they when they added the illegals doing Pantera to that tour that's
0: gonna be one to check out for sure
1: yeah man yeah it's uh it's great for the scene it's great for you know like Metal Mike I don't know if you guys know him from uh Fleshwater Yeah. and it's another band I work with for my booking agency Flesh Order from uh Texas and uh know he's just an old friend and just always been there for any time you need him if you needed a place to stay when you're going through on tour you know you stay at metal mike's place you know and it's good to see him out there fucking tour (laughs) with slayers final tour you know and same with derek from scour you know you know i'm proud of these guys man i'm glad phil's taking good care of them you know it's amazing
0: now going back to your business um let's let's take a band like um, um They've been around for a while. They've grown very large in Pittsburgh. Where do you take family staff?
1: That's the thing, It's it's. what what it's, it, it always goes back to you try to just do what they would want to do, you know? And, uh, you know, if leprosy says, you know, we, we want to play Mexico City, it's our dream, you know? Then I you know, I just kind of do what I can do to help them do that, you know? And it's, it's really not what what I want to do because I could say and that's the thing like if there was a rule book I could say alright this is what you gotta do and this is what's works, and this will work and this is guaranteed for you to work it's just not the way it goes so it's like you know for you know, in their example I'd be like well you guys need to play festivals man you know that would be my advice to a band like that you know go down to South America play uh, like the Mexico Metal Fest for all those crazy people down there man that's 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 what you know a goal like that maybe could be you know, reached for a band like them you know because there's always slots for you know a band of that style I mean there's actually a couple Baltimore bands that played at the Mexico Metal Fest, uh, Mexico Metal Fest last year so you know it's just really uh, what a band like that would want to do man. And with, with your business alone, what band do you, would you
0: really like, oh, that's the one I want to work with? That's the one I want well, to Well, I've again.
1: reached out to maybe one or two bands this whole time since I've started. this. It's always been people coming to me wanting to work with me. And uh, I won't say who those guys bands are, because I still want to work with them. And I hope they, <laughs> they, they, that some days they come around. But, uh, you know, I guess... I would say like uh, Vision of Disorder, just because I think I could I could get them on better shows than what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like I saw them at Fishhead Cantina. I don't know if you guys know what that is here in town. I, just, I don't want to start disrespecting venues here. <laughs> it's a
0: little, it's a
1: little tiny place. It's it's not where they should have played. Okay. Let's just say that they should have, There's could, I could have think of about ten other places. And, and I know things that happen that you know. Maybe those places didn't want to put up the money. Maybe those places already were already booked. I do understand that, but they're just so legendary and like, and I know they're older than I am, and they bring it harder than fucking anybody. Like I watched that show, and I'm like, those guys are still bringing it like they're teenagers. And uh, so, and I've actually talked business with the guys, and you know, and gave them some advice before, and they were they actually came back one day and said, you know what? you were right so I'm kind of like hey all right so you know whenever you're ready to make that move over to my you know so I don't try to push anything on anyone but you know I kind of you know will try to prove I could do something for you if I really want to work with you you know what I mean you know and sometimes you gotta go an extra step and do something crazy to to like make yourself remembered and I can maybe give a quick example of uh, when I was working for Cannibal Corpse selling merchandise we're playing a show in miami and uh the guitar player had run out of his guitar picks right and if you play guitar you know what pick you use and you need to have the same pick every night and if you have some new pick out of nowhere it's gonna f- fuck everything it's gonna throw everything off it's like you gotta relearn learn everything if you're using a different sized pick so He's having a nervous breakdown because he's like, I, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this set tonight. And so the tour manager who was the greatest guy ever, who taught me all kinds of stuff, he could not get this guitar pick. No one could get the guitar picks, the size of one. They basically have given up on this thing and we're just gonna have a shitty show. And I was sitting there like, this is my chance. If I somehow find these guitar picks, I'm gonna be the hero of the day, right? so i called a guitar center that was like two hours away and they had the guitar picks and i said well there's no way we can go and pick them up and come back i said is there any metal heads by chance he's like well our drum department guy really likes metal man so they put me to the drum department i said uh this is john with the Campbell corpse camp and he's like oh man i'm going to the camel corpse show tonight i live right by the venue and i said well what a coincidence could you just Pick up a couple bags of these picks for me and bring them along. He, and oh uh, like I'll put you on the guest list and give you a T-shirt. And he's like, "Oh shit! You don't even have to do that, man." I'll, you know, I'll... grabs the picks, shows up before the show. I walk up to the guitar guitarists and the in the you know the guitar techs. I handed them each a bag of picks. They looked at me like, "How the fuck did you get those?" <laughs> and I was just like, "Yep." Yeah. When I did so, so sometimes you just got to go out of your way to do stuff to like show that, like you know, hey, I'm supposed to be here. Sometimes you just got to ask me and I can do it. Hey, no one asked the merch guy to find guitar guitar But They didn't have to. I overheard it. and I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. Nice. Whether you like it or not. And, uh, you know, and that, that night they're like, we got to keep, that's, that's what the guitar player, we got to keep this guy around. That's what he said.
0: So, <laughs> so Nice. So I've been a part of the family ever since. So, yeah. It's been nice. uh, before we let you go, is there anybody you got in the in the stable now that we should look out for? Well,
1: uh, I've mentioned Goblin, of course. They're doing a tour in November we're working on. That's going to be a big deal. Uh, there's a band called Pound out of Seattle. It's a two-piece instrumental band, and uh, they're going to be doing a big tour later this year. Uh, can't announce that quite yet, but uh, they seem to be uh, really active and uh, getting some good press on a new record. Uh, Total fucking Destruction, of course, with uh, Richard... Little Truth Of course they just play The Death Fest They're always looking to I think play some Some cool festivals You know on the weekends If anyone's looking To book those guys You know Yeah and that album's amazing Yeah And uh, they're great guys So It's an honor To work with them guys And uh, You know it's just uh, I can go down the list Of 50 (laughs) bands here We could be here all day But you know It's just, I'm glad that anyone wants to work with me, that uh, anyone hits me up, I try to, you know, do what I can for them. And uh, it's just the best I can do, you know? Well, if anybody else has,
0: nobody else has anything, wrap it up. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Right on. Hey, thanks guys. Take it easy.